Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I always get kind of nervous when Christians start talking about taking up their cross and following Jesus. It's not that we shouldn't. It's in the Bible. It's the way that we always talk about it that kind of bothers me. It just always kind of sounds off, like, hey there, Jesus, I know that you were beaten and scourged and spit upon. I know that you were mocked and you had nails driven through your flesh so that you could be hung to suffocate on your own fluids while everybody laughed and you died. And I get it. Because like this one time, somebody made me wear an old t-shirt on my face and I didn't want to. And it was uncomfortable. So I totally get what you're going through. But you know, sometimes Christians just have to bear their cross. Never mind that some of the disciples our Lord actually spoke to were literally crucified. I still don't think that's what Jesus means. It's not actually that most of us haven't suffered the way that Jesus has suffered. That's, that's good. That's a very good thing. It's not a contest. The worst pain that you've ever felt is still the worst pain that you've ever felt. Like, that's the whole thing. When Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, most of the time, we are only capable of really imagining the cross by how it looks. And it looks like it hurts. So we look for the times where we have suffered as the fulfillment of what he has called us to do. But the thing is, that completely changes what the cross is. It turns it inward. It makes it selfish. Because you're the only one that can feel your pain. Like, you stub your toe, mine doesn't actually hurt. I can relate to it, empathize with it. I can remember a time that I did it too. But still, like, I've got nothing to do with your toe and the coffee table. Sorry, the time that the coffee table made you take up your cross and follow Jesus. See, if you want to measure the cross by the pain that you feel, the cross is just the source of the pain. And the coffee table is one thing, but if we're going to be really honest, the worst pains that most of us have felt were usually caused by someone, not something. The people capable of hurting us the most are the ones closest to us. Do not think that Jesus came to bring peace on earth but the sword. Families will be set against each other. And that hurts in a way that puts the coffee table to shame. I know. I was tossed out of my house when I got baptized. This, though, can be the really dark thing that happens when Christians talk about taking up their cross and following Jesus in terms of dealing with suffering. Most of the time, by bearing the cross, what we really mean is each other. See, bearing the cross stops being for your neighbor and usually ends up being because of them. That's why we cannot make the crucifixion a contest in hurting. We don't mark the real Christians as the one who have been through more. We don't identify the cross by how it looks. The cross isn't about what the hurt looks like. It's about who it's for. 
Jesus sacrificed for the very people who were hurting him. And when we lose sight of that, the cross is robbed of all forgiveness. When the cross is because of our neighbor instead of for them, it leaves us only as victims looking for oppressors and enemies. It leaves you looking for injustice not justification. It leaves you angry at the very people that Jesus died for in the first place. And the word martyr is robbed of its first meaning. The word martyr didn't just mean somebody who died for the faith. It used to mean witness. Witnesses point to Jesus. Some of them died singing hymns. Some of them died praying for their enemies. Jesus died for the whole lot. And those martyrs who clung to Jesus found a life that no death could take away. For he who is crucified is risen from the dead, and there is life and life abundantly for them and for you. For he who died, died for all. Jesus didn't come to bring peace, but the sword. And for once, realize that that is not a call for more war. It is a call to stand for something, even if it is for the very ones who have hurt you. Ask Peter, who swung one at a soldier's ear. You are not to wield the sword, but cling to a truth while one is swung against you. You are to endure whatever is brought your way for the sake of the truth, because that truth is more powerful than the sword swung at you. He who died for you even died for them. That is the truth that unites sinners. That is the truth that forgives you. The call to take up your cross and follow Jesus isn't a call to label your hurts as the true marks of Christianity and revel in them because they prove that you love Jesus way more than the people hurting you, and also more than the ones who haven't hurt as badly. Because if all you want to look for is enemies who have caused you pain, the second part of this reading will make no sense. It is a call to hear those sent to you by God as the ones who bring hope. Look to the little ones who need a cold cup of water and serve them, and then stop pretending they're only God-given if they don't happen to be sinners who have wronged you. They're the ones sent to you by the God who showed you just how much they were worth by paying the price for their souls in blood. Care for even the least of these, because God has paid the highest price for them. Sacrifice for your neighbor, not out of obligation, but because that sinner who hurt you is somebody that Jesus said is worth his own life. Sacrificing for your neighbor doesn't save you. It doesn't need to. It doesn't have to. It's just an extension of the mercy that Jesus has shown to all. Because at the end of the day, when we talk about taking up our cross and following Jesus, we lose sight of the fact that there is only one cross that matters. Jesus died on it. Up there. It's not a contest. It's a gift. Jesus died on that cross for you, and your sins are forgiven you. He bled on that cross and died not because of his enemies, but for them. And that is what makes his death a sacrifice and not just a tragedy. The sins of all are forgiven there, and it is even for you, angry and hurt. It is even for you, bitter and resentful. It is for you who would rather see somebody that Jesus died for as a source of wrong than a soul redeemed. For all of those things, your God has died for you, and your sins are forgiven all of them. You are holy and righteous before the Lord, not known by the source of bitterness, not known by the source of anger, not known by the source of sin. You are one redeemed by Christ the crucified, and your sins are forgiven you, all of them. For the grudge, for the anger, for the pain, your sins are forgiven you. And so take up that cross 
and carry forgiveness. Take up that cross and look to Jesus and realize that taking up your cross is not a call to hurt. It is a call to cling to the one and only cross that saves. All forgiveness comes from that one cross. Even the forgiveness that you offer each other, none of it comes from you and none of it has to. Feel your feelings, man. That's just fine. But recognize that Jesus died for the ones who hurt you and that cross right there is a source of hope even when folks can't get along. None of this has to come from you because all of it was won by him, paid for by him, so take up that cross where your Jesus died for you and carry your cross with your forgiveness and your hope everywhere that you go. Take up your source of salvation where Jesus died for you and wear it on your neck. Hang it on your walls. Take up your cross and let your identity not simply be the one who hurts, not the victim, but the one who carries the mark of forgiveness and the peace that it brings everywhere that they go. Because forgiveness means something. Angry or not, it's still finished. Jesus died for you. Hurting or not, he still paid for it. All your sins, they are forgiven. Your salvation does not depend on you. It is not measured in your feelings, but in your Jesus. So whether you hurt or not, you will not lose your reward. Be victim or oppressor. Your salvation is given in Jesus and can never be taken. In the name of Jesus, amen.